and we'll read verses 1 through 9. Deuteronomy 20, 1 through 9. The title of the message tonight is God Loves His Soldiers. God Loves His Soldiers. Deuteronomy 20, in verse 1, When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots, and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for thy Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be, when ye are come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people, and shall say unto them, <clears throat> Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And the officers shall speak unto the people, saying, What man is there that hath built a new house and hath not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man dedicate it. And what man is he that hath planted a vineyard, and hath not yet eaten of it? Let him also go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man eat of it. And what, and what man is there that hath betrothed a wife, and hath not taken her? Let him go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man take her. And the officers shall speak further unto the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren, brethren's heart faint, as well as his heart. And it shall be when the officers have made an end of speaking unto the people, that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight that your soldiers would be, would be very encouraged by their loving commander and chief, the great high priest, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, and I pray that your word would encourage hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. The New Testament scriptures teach that the Christian life is a spiritual war. Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 12 reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In 1 Timothy 1.18, the Bible reads, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war 
a good warfare. And 2 Timothy 2.4 reads, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. The word war or warreth comes from the Greek word stratatume, and it means to make a military expedition, to lead soldiers to war or to battle, to do military duty, to be on active service, to be a soldier. It means to fight. War isn't easy, and it isn't pretty. And I could have Pastor Odom come and tell you about 10 stories to prove that. Um, but I don't want him to get kicked in the shins by Mrs. Odom later on, because sometimes he's not allowed to tell those stories. But it isn't easy, and it isn't pretty. And I must admit, sometimes as a Christian, I wish it wasn't so. But when you're saved, well, even before you're saved, you're part of a spiritual conflict. But when you get saved, you become aware that there is a spiritual battle, that there is a real devil. And this is not a battle, you know, this isn't the game of risk, where you play for a few hours and then you pack it up and everything's okay. No, this is a battle of life and death. We are warned in 1 Peter chapter 5 to be sober. That means to be serious, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. We've got to fight the devil. The devil is a murderer, and the devil is a liar. He doesn't take prisoners. He goes for the jugular. He is a roaring lion. The weapons of this warfare are not carnal. It's not fists. It's not guns. The weapons of this warfare are spiritual. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Sometimes it's, when Austin was a teenager, sometimes he would say, if I wasn't a Christian, I would. Oh, this morning, if I wasn't a Christian, there's some things I would have done. One thing I would have done, I would have got the Bose speaker I would have brought it right over and sat it in front of that guy. My speaker was louder than his speaker. And I would have put amazing grace on there, and he would have been running into his apartment, or he would have been fighting me. I don't know. But I wasn't worried, because I, if Brother Provito wasn't a Christian, he would have been there, boom, boom, boom. And JB, if he wasn't a Christian, he would have been protecting his dad. It would have been awesome. But we're Christians, so that's not the way we fight. And, um, you know, you can't be perfect when you make decisions. But Pastor Tyler brought out a, an interesting fact. He said, Dad, if we would have set up today in the sun 
it's possible that we would have heard things like, why are we set up in the sun? It's so hot. But now, if we have to set up in the sun, people will understand. Um, we're doing that because we don't want to make the neighbors mad. Um, if we do, if the church does vote to go back there next week, I think there's a way that we can set up by the street and, um, and be in the shade. And so that, I, I don't think we have to sit in the sun, but today we, we didn't have time to figure that out. And Pastor Tyler, is this side of your face all burnt today? I don't know. <laughs> Pastor, our brother, brother, brother Kennedy brought me sunscreen and my wife got me an umbrella. I felt like such a sissy, but I was glad. I was glad. I was glad to have the, um, the, 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 um, the shade. One thing we're going to try to do this week is get some Tim Hortons cards, and I'm going to try to get in those buildings, ask the manager, and I'm just going to write a little note to the people that are facing the park, not everybody in the building, but just to say, we're sorry we caused you any hardship or difficulty. Um, we, were trying to, we were trying to park, and the reason I picked that part was so that we wouldn't disturb people in the park. Well, I guess we disturb people in the apartments. And so, and guess what? Next week, we'll probably disturb someone else, you know, but we're going to try our best not to, if that's where God wants us next week. He might want us back at the Serbian building um, earlier in the morning. So, um, amen. But our, our weapons are not carnal. Our weapons are prayer. Our weapons are the word of God. Our weapons are being kind to our enemies, heaping coals of fire upon our enemies' head. And folks, that doesn't mean we want them to burn. That was a gesture of kindness, to share the fire. You know, if you, if you had some fire, you could share it with others so that they could start a fire. And so those are our weapons. God doesn't want us to be um, fighting. God wants us to be loving our enemies, loving our neighbors, loving each other. Those are our weapons. They're not carnal. They're spiritual. When I read Deuteronomy chapter 20, the first thing I see in verse number one is when we go to battle, there are many fearful things that you will see. When you go to battle, there will be many fearful things that you go to see. Now, our battle, folks, is to take the gospel to the world. The John 3.16 story and taking the gospel to the sky train and taking the gospel house to house that is the battle. That is the battle. I was going to preach this just before our outreach. There's a lot of things you see when you go to the SkyTrain that are scary. It's a battle. It's a battle. It's not an easy thing for our flesh to do. It's a spiritual battle. I admire people like Brother Smith. They live their whole life going to battle with the devil. And you know what? I think we need to be doing more of that. You know, some of my dreams is that maybe we could have SkyTrain Church on Saturday and just go to the SkyTrain and have a service. Wouldn't that be amazing? I bet you the devil would get mad about that. I bet you we'd start getting complaints. I bet you the devil would be upset. Who wants to make the devil upset? If you're a man and Ladue wants to make the devil upset, okay, you work on a sermon and I'll let you preach it at the SkyTrain someday. I believe it's time for the church to rise up and publicly proclaim the word of God. I don't think it should just be Brother Camps in Amsterdam that preaches on the street. 
Now, it scares me to death. The whole concept scares me to death. But I'm looking for some courageous men in Canada that do it. There's one man, his name is Dave Webster. He's probably, he's probably around 67, close to 70. He's not scared to preach on the street, and he's done quite a bit of it. I've asked him to come and just show us how he preaches on the street. Why? Because, folks, everybody in here has heard the gospel, I think. But out there, there's a lot of people that haven't heard it. Pastor, you're really freaking me out. But would you pray? Maybe God would give you the boldness to be part of that street team. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would take the AV team to a new level, wouldn't it, Brother, um, brother um, um, Edward? His testimony was great this morning. Excellent. Very well prepared and encouragement. And so let's just pray. But, you know, if we do that, there will be many fearful things. There will be many fearful things. What else do I see? In verse number 20, it, it says, Be not afraid of them. Be not afraid of them. We are commanded not to be afraid. We are told that God will be with us. Look at verse 4. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Now I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I've got about 17 scriptures we could read tonight that say God promises to be with us. But for the sake of time, I'm not, we're not going to look at them all. But you can look it up. God promises to be with us. You know, when he said, when he gave us the Great Commission, he said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's the end of the age, till he returns again. So God says, I'm not going to forsake you before I come again. I'll be with you. We are commanded not to be afraid. What do I see in verse number two? When we get close to the battle, the Lord gets closer to us. When we get closer to the battle, the Lord gets closer to us. Notice verse number two. And it shall be when ye are come nigh. That word nigh means near under the battle that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people. Who is our priest? It says in Hebrews chapter 4. Let's turn there. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Jesus is our priest. Jesus is the great high priest. Now, it's interesting to note when, God, when Jesus sent his followers out to do work, he sent them out two by two. He didn't send them by themselves. But sometimes in this life, when you go to your job, you're alone. But you're not alone. And the closer you get to battle, the closer God gets to you. You know, this year you might have to take a stand at work. But guess what? God will be with you when you take that stand. At school this year, you might have to take a stand. But God says he'll be with you. He is the great high priest. Hebrews 4 says, <clears throat> verse 14, Seeing then that we have 
a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Isn't that what Mrs. Mackay was doing in her testimony? She was holding fast to her profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows what you're feeling. God cares about how you feel. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And when we're going to battle, we need extra grace and we need extra help and he's just one call away. God help me, Jesus help me. When you get close to battle, the Lord gets closer to you. When we approach the battle, God commands us, look at verse number three, and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies, let not your hearts faint. Fear not, and do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. We are commanded. We are commanded not to faint. Faint means to soften to be tender, to be weak, to be timid. You say, Pastor, it scares me so bad. I just want to crawl into the fetal position and die. But God says, we can't be that way. He says not to tremble. Tremble means to flee, to be terrified, to be alarmed. And this is a great one, to be in a hurry. One of the fascinating things about the Lord's ministry, he never was rattled. He never got rattled. I've, I've enjoyed watching the, the, the crowd-funded um, series called, what is it called? The Chosen. Now, it's not the Bible, so I'm sure there's things wrong with it. But I love how they portray Jesus. He never gets ruffled. He never gets in a hurry. Oh, how I've lived a lot of my life frazzled and in a hurry. But God says I shouldn't live that way. And then it says you're not allowed to be terrified. To be terrified means to dread. Two years ago, I became faint, trembling, and terrified. And guess what? It doesn't turn out very good. It's not God's plan. You say, but I can't help it. Oh, yes, you can help it. God doesn't give us a command that we can't obey. When we approach the battle, God commands us not to faint, tremble, or be terrified. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. When he sent his disciples out, Matthew 10 and verse 16.
says in verse 1, Matthew 10, 1, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now look at verse 16. He says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst, in the middle of wolves. Now, that doesn't sound very logical, does it? Now, picture this in your mind. Some big, fat sheep, Brother JB. And then a hungry pack of ravenous wolves. Jesus said, I send you out like a sheep in the middle of ravenous wolves. Wow. And so he says, you better be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now look at verse number 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Most of our fears are the fear of man. And God commands us not to fear man, but rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. God says we need to fear him, not fear man. And it tells us in 1 John that perfect love casts out fear. Okay. When we go to the Sky Train to pass out tracks, when we consider the thought of street evangelism or street preaching, where is our fear? Our fear is in man. But perfect love casts out fear. What is man's greatest need? Man's greatest need is to be right with God. The only way they can get right with God is through Jesus Christ. And the greatest love that we can show another human being is to show them how they can have their sins forgiven and how they can have a relationship with God and how they can escape hell. There's no greater love than that. And if we love people, that will cast out the fear. That will cast out the fear. So when we approach the battle, God commands us not to faint, not to tremble, not to be terrified. We also noticed here back in Deuteronomy 20, go back to Deuteronomy 20. I'm almost done. As the preacher once said, Deuteronomy 20. When we approach the battle, we need officers to speak to God's people. Notice what it says in verse 5, and the officers shall speak unto the people. The word officer means overseer or ruler. The greatest overseer, the greatest ruler, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we approach the battle, we have his words and we have his promises that can comfort and strengthen our heart. He is called the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. That is our overseer or ruler. In the context of the New Testament, God has chosen men to be the under-shepherds or the overseers. 
God has chosen pastors. But I believe he's also chosen deacons and other men with spiritual and fearless demeanors to go before God's people. I am proud of the men of our church. They're great men, men of faith and men of courage. I don't think I would have been as courageous today if I didn't have the men standing behind me. It was funny. Talked to talked to Brother Kennedy yesterday. I said, we might have to go to 8 o'clock church. He said, no, Pastor, no. <laughs> Halfway through the service this morning, Pastor Tyler's preaching. I whispered to Miss McKay. I said, I wonder if Brother Kennedy is excited about an 8 o'clock service now. I'm not sure. I said that to Brother Mike early, later, and he kind of laughed. So I don't, I don't know where he stands on that. But um, I'm thankful for the men of our church and the young men of our church. And, and you know what? We need, to, we need to train our young men to be courageous, not to be cowards. This woke generation is trying to sissify men. You'll notice the majority of new Disney movies are all about the heroine. They used to be about the heroes. And I'm sorry, but you go, you go look at an army. It's the men that are going to make the biggest difference. God's made them for battle. God's made them for war. Oh, yes, there are some fearless women warriors. But God has made men to be those warriors. And if men would do what they needed to do, we wouldn't need the women to step up and be the courageous ones. When we approach the battle, we need officers to speak to God's people. And this is what he wants them to speak. And I find this so amazing. It's almost, I didn't spend enough time, I didn't spend enough time studying this. But 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. I think the Lord just told me what it is. You can't go to war and be tangled up in this life. But I think when you read Deuteronomy chapter 20, you will learn that if it matters to you, it matters to the master. God cares about his soldiers. Look at what it says here in verse 5. What man is there that hath built a new house and hath not dedicated it? You know, one of the privileges of a pastor is sometimes, sometimes you're asked, usually by Filipinos. I think it's a carryover from Catholicism. I don't, I'm not sure. But sometimes I'm asked, would you come and pray for our new home? We want to dedicate it to the Lord. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. You know, we don't do baby baptism, but we do child dedications. Lord, here's my child. I give my child to you. Help me to be the parent that you want me to be. But can you imagine? You're about to go to battle, and your house is almost finished. You've never even got to sleep in it yet. And you know what the master says? If your house is almost finished, you can sit out on this battle 
enjoy your new home, and later on, maybe you can go to battle with us. God loves his soldiers. Look at verse number 6. And what man is he that hath planted a vineyard, and hath not yet eaten of it? You know, it's, it's August. The harvest is coming in September or October. You've never harvested your grapes before. And the master says, if you want to stay behind and do that first harvest, go ahead. Go ahead. We've got enough other soldiers that can go before you. And then we see in verse number 7, at what man is there that hath betrothed the wife? Now, betrothal was a commitment far beyond our, our um, what, tradition of engagement. Betrothal was a lifetime commitment. A betrothal was, was made with vows. But the betrothal was done before the, before the marriage was consummated, before they came together as a couple. Remember Mary and Joseph? They were in that betrothal stage when the, when the angel came and said, you're going to have a baby, and it's going to be a miracle baby. And remember when Joseph found out? It was a scandal. And he, 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 he tried to figure a way to get out of the marriage. That would have been the normal response for a God-fearing man or a God-fearing woman. So you're betrothed. And the wedding day is just around the corner. You know what? Our master says, stay and enjoy your honeymoon. You know what the Bible says in the, in the law? It says, when you get married, you can't go to war for a year. You're supposed to stay home and cheer up your wife. You know what? If you join, if you join the army with Uncle Sam, it doesn't matter if you're getting married next month. Uncle Sam doesn't care. And I don't know what they call the Canadian army, um, you know, Uncle George or something. That sounds English. Um, if you join Uncle George's army, guess what? He doesn't care either. But the Lord Jesus Christ cares. If it matters to your heart, it matters to the master. And I love this next one. The first four verses of this chapter are, you better not be afraid. You can't be afraid. God's with you. But then look what God says in verse number 8. And the officers shall speak further unto the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. And he says, If you're scared to death about going to battle... Please go home. You're going to cause fear in the army. God, you know the Bible says in the New Testament, it talks about feeble-minded people and fearful people. And guess what? 1 Corinthians 12 says, every part of the body is important, even the feeble ones. Not everybody's going to preach. Now, Ledoux might preach at the Sky Train. But some of you will never preach at the Sky Train. 
You say, Pastor, I'd rather go to the dentist and have a root canal and my wisdom teeth extracted without any freezing than preach the gospel publicly. And you know what God says? That's okay. We'd rather you stay home and pray than go to the, go to the sky train and um, make the rest of us scared. Don't we have a loving God? He cares if you built a house and have never slept in it. He cares if you're planting a, 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 a crop and never tasted of it. He cares if you're just about to get married. And you know, the best day, best day of my life was, I would say it was more exciting than the day I got saved because I didn't realize really what I got when I got saved. The most exciting day of my life was the day that we got to drive away and have nobody around us. You start hating chaperones after a while. Greatest moment of my life was the day when we drove away without any chaperones. And it was an awesome day. And you know, if the battle, I got married on May 25th. If God's army was going to battle on May 15th, God would have said, you can skip this one out. She's more important than the battle. Can you believe that? That's our God. And he says, if you're feeble and if you're faint hearted, you can stay home. And I would ask that you pray for those that are going to battle. But God knows your constitution. And God cares about you. And that's the kind of church that I believe God wants us to have. A, God that loves, a, a church that loves everyone. Our love isn't based on performance. You know, I'm not allowed to love Ledoux more than all the other teen boys that didn't raise their hand. That would be awful. God wants everyone to be loved, no matter where they are at in their spiritual journey. We've got a great battle before us. I don't want to be less involved in this battle. I want to be more involved in this battle. You know, two years ago, no, th three years ago, summer of 2020, we did Experiencing God. And we began praying for greater works. And God allowed us to, God's allowed us to invest $100,000 plus in the John 3.16 story. This little group of people. It doesn't make any sense. God's letting us start a school or learning center this fall. It doesn't make any sense. But there's more that God wants us to do. God wants to give us our own building. This is the heart I want you to have about the E-Free Church. Do you realize, I learned this little fact out. There was a prayer meeting at that little church in the 50s, and out of that prayer meeting came, what's the Bible school that's famous out in the valley? Trinity Western University. It was born out of a prayer meeting at that little church. That church was burnt down by an arsonist. There were several churches in the area that were burnt down. And about 25 years ago, 30 years ago, that building was built. The new pastor 
they, they've disbanded the old church, they've started a new church, and the new pastor wants to reach people with the gospel. One of the reasons they have trouble taking care of the building is they're just a small group, and he wants that church to focus on what's most important, reaching people. Isn't that amazing? So I don't want to look at these people as, what can we get out of these people? But how can we be a blessing to these people? It's their building. We have no right to it. But we can also pray that they would let us share that building and use that building. We could use that building between us and Anchor Baptist Church every day of the week. Now, folks, they've had tenants. They've had as many as five tenants at a time over the last decade. And some of the tenants have abused their building. They've had potlucks and left the food behind. They've punched holes in the walls and smashed tables. So you ask me, why? Why should they trust us? So don't, don't be surprised if they don't know that right away. And so let, let's pray. Let's pray for the All Nations Church that God would bless them and God would advance them and God would use them and maybe they can be a blessing to us. I believe God's going to give us a building. I believe, I believe somehow God is going to give us the money we need someday to build a building. Do you realize if you've got enough money, you can almost do anything? Elon Musk just built a new factory in Austin, Texas. It's massive. And they built it in a very, 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 very short time. Why? Money. And God's not broke. God's not broke. We don't have the money now. There's a building for sale for $7 million. I think Brother Kennedy got a raise at work, and he'll be giving that money next week. <laughs> but I believe God can give us that money through our people. I'm not looking for a millionaire to walk in the back door. God may do it that way. But I think God can do it from within. Because God is powerful. And we have people that are dedicated to that God. So there's nothing that we can't do. We have a wonderful, wonderful master. And we just need to follow him. And let's do great things for God. Let's expect great things from God. Let's attempt great things for God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love your soldiers. And I'm so thankful that if it matters to us, it matters to the master. Lord, I believe the people in this room have given you their hearts. I believe there's some that are watching tonight that have surrendered their hearts to you. Thank you for caring about us. Thank you, Lord, that we're more than meat in a grinder. Lord, I'm so thankful we're more than cogs in a wheel. 
or gears in an engine. But you care about each of us. You care about the desires and the difficulties in our heart. Father, help us to be brave soldiers. Help us not to be faint-hearted and fearful. But I'm so thankful that when we get that way, you don't throw us away. But you pick us up and you strengthen us. Lord, thank you for caring for us. Please guide us and direct us and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I've asked the AV team to play a song. Play it nice and loud, AV team. And as this song plays, would you just thank the Master for caring for you? And maybe there's a burden on your heart. Talk to the Lord about that burden today. He cares about you. Let that music play and let your hearts speak to the Lord today.